This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Good morning, Passion Church family. It is so good to be in the house of the Lord. We want to welcome all of you. Those of you that are watching on social media, we say a great big welcome to you all the way around the world. They're watching today. You may not see them, but they're watching. Kind of like God. You may not see him, but he's watching. Amen. Praise the Lord. Title of my message today is going to be, What Are You Believing For? So if you have your Bibles, hold your Bible up like this and say this with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I will be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. As I mentioned a while ago, the title of this morning is, is uh, What Are You Believing For? Now, it's going to be just a little unusual, a little different this morning. You say, well, every Sunday's a little unusual and different with you, Pastor. I know that. Even my wife says she doesn't know what I'm going to do from one moment to the next. But, you know, it's, it kind of keeps her guessing. If you don't get in the humdrum of everything, it just keeps other people guessing. Well, it may encourage many that don't come. Maybe it encourages them to come so they can wonder what's going to take place the next Sunday and the next Sunday after that. But that is the title. What are you believing for? Kelly and I are going to kind of share a little bit today, but we're going to kind of share some, some miracles that have happened. So oftentimes in our life, we feel like that miracles don't happen to me, but they seem to happen to other people. And sometimes we have a tendency to think, well, it only happens, it seems like, to those and, you know, maybe we see them on min- in ministry and, and we see them on TV and we think, boy, God has performed a miracle for them. Uh, you know, they were in need of uh, $1.5 million and, man, somebody sent them a check for $1.5 million. You say, well, that's just amazing how God seems to work for other people in other places around the country, maybe in another state, but it doesn't seem to happen in my state, in my hometown, in my house, or with my family. But you, and, you, and we say within ourselves, but God, I'm believing, I'm, I'm really believing. And <clears throat> this week, as, as in my prayer time, study time in the Word of God, uh, the Lord just, I wasn't even... Going in this direction, I was going to look at possibly a part two from our last Sunday's sermon. Uh, I had gotten so many great responses from it. And, um, but as I began to meditate on the Lord, He went in this direction. And I had been praying, probably just as you have, for manifestation of, your, of a move of God. I don't want a, just a humdrum Sunday. Come on. I don't want a humdrum Monday. How many of you have just experienced humdrum Mondays? How about, is your Tuesdays humdrum? How about your Wednesdays? And the rest of the week. They have a tendency, we fall into this kind of just of a humdrum pattern. Well, I'll get up this morning, but probably not a whole lot going to happen today. 
Really not expecting any kind of miracles. I've been believing for one, but I haven't seen one. Am I talking to anybody in the house today? <clears throat> and I in my in, in 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 our prayer time, Kelly and I's prayer time, we've been we've been really seeking God and we've been thanking God because when we came on as pastors in February, I my my cry was, God, if 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 you don't just come on and do something, because I know I can't, I know I don't have the ability. I know Kelly and I both together don't have the ability. I know that if it's going to happen, it's got to happen because God, you make it happen. And I was reminded of scriptures and, you know, uh, with God, nothing's impossible. I'll give you the desires of your heart. Come on. You know these scriptures and you've probably quoted those scriptures. You've read these scriptures. But, but, but it just seems like, well, but nothing was happening. And so all of a sudden when Kelly and I came on board to take the position of pastors in the church, I went before, before the Lord. I got on my knees. I said, God, you want, you, listen, if you have ever moved, I want you to move it now. I want to see something happen. I want you to show me. I'm a Gideon. I'm a Gideon in the Bible. I'm going to lay out my fleece and I'm going to say to you, if you are in this, you show me. Within the second week, somebody shows up and says, you know what, let's go ahead and get this building pressure washed. I don't know what it costs, but I know it costs into the thousands of dollars and I didn't have to pay for it. But God sent somebody to pay for it. When that happened, God says, is that good? I said, God, that's good. I was walking out the doors one day and I saw the foyer and I saw the wallpaper hanging off the ceiling. I said, Lord, come on, God. He said, well, what are you going to do? I said, well, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll do the labor. Next thing I know, somebody else says, I'll help you. Somebody in the church says, I'll help you do the labor. I said, well, I need some sheet rockers. I need some mudding and stuff like that. They said, I'll help you. God moves when... We step out on faith, but faith without works is dead. So when I show God I'm willing to do my part, he says, all right. Then somebody stepped up and said, I'll pay for it. Come on. And then when we was looking at needing some help over in the uh, annex, over there, the lead team was meeting, I think it was the annex, or is that what we call it? The, the annex. Uh, the lead team, we were meeting together and we began to discuss some things that the, that, that old building needed some help. And uh, the, the, the front part of it needs to be finished out and the, uh, the doors are falling off and the door casings. And we got to pray and started writing down. I think Sister Leanne went to the marker board and I said, write down what it's going to cost to do this. And different ones in the, on the lead team said, well, we know it's going to cost this much money. It's going to cost that much money. And the next thing I know, well, the money is there now to go ahead and, and, and repair the doors and to finish the walkway. God said, if you trust me, if you, and I, and I was a true Gideon. I said, God, if you don't do this, I don't want to be in it and I don't want to be a part of it. Because I am just as much like a Gideon as anybody. God, who am I that you would decide to put me in this place at this appointed time? Sometimes I feel like Mordecai and Esther. What did Mordecai say to Esther? Who's to say that God has not put you there for such a time as this? And then 
People started coming and visiting and people are getting saved and, and somebody's donated Bibles to our church to give to people that get saved. God is on the move. I said, God, that's the outward now. I want to start seeing something happen to some people's hearts and lives on the inside. And that's what was my prayer. And then all of a sudden he began laying on my heart. He says, well, this is what I want you to minister on. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me. This is going to be my... Scripture, main scripture this morning is taken out of um, John chapter 14. And this is, this is Jesus saying, and I, I want you to really hear what Jesus is saying. This is not Pastor Ron saying this. I'm reading what Jesus said. Verily, verily, if there's a verily there, you need to pay attention. If there's a verily, verily there, you really need to put your glasses on and read it slowly. Verily, verily. I, oh, verse 12. I say unto you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Verse 13. And whatsoever... Maybe I'm reading that wrong. And whatsoever you shall ask, well, who's you? Whatsoever you ask in the name of Jesus, that will, I'll think about. No, it doesn't say that. It says, oh, that's what I'll do. I think I'm going to read that again. Whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do. And the reason I'm doing it is that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Verse 14. If you shall ask some things. What's that word? Any. What does the word any mean to you? All of it. He said, I can do abundantly more than you can imagine or think. But he says here, but if you shall ask anything in my name, I will think about it. Oh, no. It says, I, what? I might do it. Is that what your Bible says? I'm, no, it says, I will do it. I will do it. What I want to talk about this morning is <laughs> we can read these scriptures, but for some reason we don't comprehend the fullness of the simple language, ask anything, I'll do it. And the reason is, is because we have asked and he didn't do it. Oh, I got your attention. How many have asked, but it didn't, it, you didn't get it? Come on, y'all need to come on. Honesty will take you further. And I was thinking about this, and I thought, God, I've asked, and you didn't come through. He says, but, oh, but wait a minute. Have you asked? And I have come through on anything, on your 
anything. That's why I want to tell you a story. You may have heard the story before, but it goes like this. I'll try to make it quick because I want Kelly to come and share. These are miracles. These are things that have been asked of God and God did them. Whenever God does something for you and you know it was a God thing and it wasn't something you were able to do, you should remember these things and go back and draw that out of your memory bank and dwell on it and say, if God did it before, he can do it again. If he did it for them, he can do it for me. He did it for me, I'm sure he can do it for you. Because we're no better than anybody else. We're all created in the image and likeness of God. God is no, not a God of respect or people or persons. We were leaving um, Pennsylvania. I'm trying to remember the name of the town. Kelly, if you can remember. Penridge, Pennsylvania. We were, it had gotten really cold that night. It had snowed and there was a lot of ice. We were in this big entertainment coach that I was driving for the group. And Brother Phil, I couldn't turn it off because it had gotten so cold, the diesel valve wouldn't even turn the key. It wouldn't let it turn off. I didn't have much diesel fuel left in the tank, and I really was hoping, oh, Lord, <laughs> let this thing cut off. But God didn't let it cut off. You see, sometimes when God says no, he has something better in store. He wants to show you a more bigger God in your life. Well, he didn't turn it off. We went in, did the concert, we got through, we loaded up, we got back in the bus, we got ready to head out, and as usual as the bus driver, I looked at my distance, I got on my map, and I'm, but we didn't have the Google back then. I had an old big old book, it was called a trucker's map. I looked at it, was judging my distance, and I was thinking about getting, knowing that I needed to get some diesel fuel because I was very low. And we got through with the concert, but that usually when we got through with the concert, we, they would give us the offering that came in. Kind of like how we have done here when we've had special guests. Well, the pastor handed us a check. And this was on a Saturday night, I believe. It was a Saturday or Sunday. But I know that we had to be in Virginia. The, it was Sunday night. But we had to be in Virginia the next day. In Richmond, Virginia. or North, I think actually south of Richmond, Virginia. I looked at the gauge and I said, we got to get some diesel fuel. I turned to my dad, which was the manager of the group, and I said, I'm going to have to get some cash. He said, well, we don't have any more cash. And he said, and all they gave us was a check. So we went out, and I said, well, let me check one more time. Phil, I had this stick made. It was a rubber pipe, PVC pipe. I had little notches on it because the fuel gauge had quit working. So I stuck, the, I stuck this pipe down inside the fuel tank, and I pulled it out. And usually, you know, it would be about that much on the stick. There wasn't anything on the stick. There was nothing on the stick. And I had wondered when I came outside, I was noticing the bus is still running when we were loading up. I noticed it was still running. I knew we were low on fuel, and I just said, well, God, you performed a miracle. You, you kept it running while I was loading up. I did not know we didn't have any money. All we had was a check. And there ain't no banks open in Penridge, Pennsylvania on Sunday night. Or any other bank, as far as I know, open on Sundays. But anyway, I stuck it down there. I pulled it out, and I looked at it, and I said, oh, my Lord. So we got on the road. We started driving. Well, what else do you do? When you've done all you can to stand, just stand. We didn't know what else to do. 
We got going down the road a little ways, and Dad pulled, he told me, he said, son, pull, 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 pull this bus over. Just, we got off to the side of the road on interstate, and Dad called a hallelujah meeting in the lounge of the bus. He said, I want everybody. I don't care if you're in the bunk room, the lounge room. I want you to come on up here. We're going to have prayer. We prayed and drove 276 miles with no diesel fuel. I drove from Landisville, Pennsylvania, all the way to Richmond, Virginia, because in Richmond we had a family member that could cash the check. Drove five hours on an empty tank. I know it was empty. God proved to me it was empty because I'm the one that checked the stick in the tank. It was empty, people, I'm telling you. God moved. If he'd have just turned the bus off earlier, then I would have thought, well, that was a good miracle. God, thank you. No, he said, I want to show you I'm a real big God. If you need to go 273 miles and you don't have any fuel, I can put fuel in the tank. I'll breathe in the tank. I'll do anything you need if you'll ask me and believe. If it can happen to us, it can happen to anybody. Who is Ronnie Kelly? Who are the Whistlands? Who were the New World Singers? Nobody in particular. Kelly, come on. I want you to share this. And then Kelly... These are just things that I, and, and I'm going somewhere with this because once I share these, these, these testimonies quickly of miracles that happened for us, I want to take you into the dimension of making these things happen for you because Kelly and I have become, have been, begin to go there and operate in this and we're seeing it happen right before our eyes. God said, you want your people to see it? Then you need to teach it. And he says, and as they grow with it, you're going to see these things manifested in the church. Not just the outward things. Yes, God's interested in beautifying his, his, his church building. But he wants you healed. He wants you blessed. He wants things to happen for you in your life. Not just for Kelly and I. Come on, Kelly. Uh, about the, the time that uh, Ginger fell out of the tree. Uh, this was um, back when our daughter... I can't remember if we had all five children then or not. Maybe it was just four. But um, our daughter, Ginger, uh, she was about seven, I guess, maybe six or seven. Um, you know how kids love to play in trees. And I had monkeys for children. My daddy said, well, you know, they groaned a good monkey when they cut off that tail. You know, <laughs> that's what he would say all the time. But they loved to climb trees. And um, Ginger was, you know, I, we had four boys and one girl. And she was just like a tomboy. She had all these boys surrounding her. So she was climbing trees with them, you know, out in the outside in the yard. And there was this one tree they loved to climb. And <clears throat> she had gotten up in that tree, and then she fell. And when she fell, she must have landed on her, her wrist. And her arm, when it broke, and the bone stuck up like this, up like that. And um, I just laid my hand on, I, I heard her scream, I ran outside, I laid my hand on her arm, and I said, in Jesus' name. Oh, now hold right there. What did he just say right here? If you ask anything in, I'll think about it. Go ahead. I'll do it. Amen. All, that's all I had time to say. You know, in Jesus' name, 
And I put my hand off of that, and she was screaming bloody murder. And as soon as I said that, took my hand off, the bone was exactly flat. She was fine. No bruise. She stopped crying immediately. No, no, no swelling. No anything. It was immediate, and and um, it was a huge miracle. Uh, you know, didn't have phones that took pictures of stuff back then. I wish I would have, because I'd have took a picture of that. I mean, it was just sticking straight up. You knew that the bone was completely, completely broken. Yeah. And as soon as I took my hands off of that, off of her uh, wrist, it was completely healed. Completely. In Jesus' name. Yeah. She never had, she's never had a problem with the bone. You know, they say something about, you know, breaking wrists with, you know, those growth plates and stuff. You know, she's normal. You would have never, never known she ever broke anything. She never had one, one issue from it. Tell them about the nose. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I guess Ginger was always falling. <laughs> uh, but um, another time, we were in South Florida. Um, this, she was a little bit younger at this one, but um, we were at South Florida singing and ministering in campgrounds uh, in that area. And we just had Ronnie and Ginger, and we had borrowed my mom and dad's camper. And we were staying in a campground. We would travel out from that campground and come back. And um, in, the, in the camper, it was a nice camper, but there was carpet in the front area. Then you had the kitchen, then the bathroom and closet, and then the master bedroom is in the back and so as the as you came out of the living room part and into the kitchen it, the the carpet changed to where it was no longer carpet and she was running she was um I think Ginger was 14 months old then and um you know she was running and her her foot tripped on the carpet and she fell face down on the floor the hard floor and picked her up she didn't have a nose her nose was completely gone it was smushed into her face this time I had a a hand towel in my hand I didn't have I just and I threw the hand towel over her face and I just said Jesus that's all I said Jesus and when I took the the hand towel off of her face her nose was normal there was no bruising, no no bleeding, no. You never would have known that her face, that she had ever had an issue with her face at all. Her nose was completely back out normal, and all I said was Jesus. That's all you got to say is Jesus. <laughs> at His name, everything stands at attention. Yes. Hallelujah! Everything Amen. responds to the name of Jesus. Yes. Amen. So yes. praise God. Thank you. Thank you. And you know. <clears throat> Go ahead and yeah, go ahead. I want. I wanted. We've talked about how God can put monetary things in your hands. Uh, we talked about as far as diesel fuel, the natural things. We've talked about how God has healed bodies. Now I want to talk. To, I want Kelly to share with you how that uh, it, it not just put diesel in your tank or gas in your gas tank, not just heal your children or heal you. But he'll put groceries in your cabinets. Listen to this story. Um, this one time, we were living in North Carolina, in Lexington, North Carolina. And um, we were uh, singing ministry still. <clears throat> and we, uh, this was at the time of the year where it's really hard to get a concert. Um, 
the end toward the year when you come into October, November, December, it's really hard to get a place to minister that during that time because people are, you know, guarding their money, getting ready for Christmas and stuff like that. So um, we had been living here, I think, maybe just a few months at that time. And we were involved with a church there, uh, and the, the pastor of the church didn't call himself pastor. He was a prophet, and he called himself, his name was Prophet Roger Hutchins. And we would attend their church on Wednesday night during the week, but we would be gone on the weekends. Um, well, this one particular week, we were home, and, uh, and he came by to see us that morning. And I had been you know, telling Ron, I don't know what we're going to do. There is absolutely no groceries in the cabinet. There, I had enough. You know, there was like, you know, you have spices and you have stuff like that. But nothing to really make. I had enough uh, uh, pancake mix to make pancakes and to have milk for the kids to drink and syrup. I had enough to make breakfast. I didn't have enough to have any food after that. That was it. We were, we were out. And... Um, the prophet Roger came in, and you know, you you get uh, somebody coming in. You're supposed to feed them first, you know. They had, and we had just enough for me to have a cup of coffee. Yep, he had enough to have a cup of coffee, and y'all know how important that is. <laughs> but you're going to find out I didn't get to drink it. <laughs> but I, I, you know, you serve the person that comes into your house first. And I didn't think about this at that time, but the Lord reminded me of this. So I, I, fed, I fed him and fed him, offered him the cup of coffee and fed him first, and the rest of us ate. We never said anything to Prophet Roger, Prophet Hutchins, about what our situation was. And um, he left, and we you know, ate our pancakes, had our breakfast, and he left. And, of course, he prayed with us before we left. And he left, and... And he drank Ron's cup of coffee. (laughs) Um, And so later that afternoon, two vans, no, one van. This was the one that was one van. One one navy blue van pulls into the yard. And it is a couple that goes to the church there that we were attending during the week. And she, they pulled up and backed up the van. We thought that was strange. Was she backing up the van to the porch? And we went outside and opened the door, and um, she said, uh, the Lord told us to bring this to you. And they had laid down the back seat in that van. It was a minivan. So, but it was a, you know, I mean, we're talking about from the, from the back of the van all the way to the f- front seats was groceries, bags of groceries stacked up on top of each other. We're talking, I'm not talking about just a few bags, I'm talking about a whole minivan load full of food and she and and her friends started bringing out bringing stuff in and the kids were like and they were going oh look here (laughs) you they would thought it was christmas or something they were so excited over all of this food but the lord reminded me of the shunammite woman the widow who fed the prophet first when he came and the lord had told him that during the drought that you know when she did that that would the oil would never run out and the meal would never run out and he reminded me of that i had never never thought about that until then I, we never told anybody we had this need but god knew and i was obedient to to what he said and the lord 
came through and he blessed us. And we, ha- I mean, we had, we'd never had that much groceries at one time, I don't think. There was, you know, when you're feeding this many kids, it's, you know, it's hard to keep a, a cupboard full of groceries. But we had bags and bags and bags and bags and bags of food that was brought in. And we ate for a long time on that food. So that is how God works. God is interested in your every need, and he will bless you when you do what he says do. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Won't he do it? (laughs) In closing, I want to share something that God had shared with me this week. Faith without works is dead. We so oftentimes we ask God for something. God performed this miracle for me. You know how bad I need it. We didn't get the groceries until Kelly did her part. She had to feed the prophet. The question was, are you going to feed him or are you going to... Ron, are you going to keep that coffee for you? I know how much you love it. Are you going to let that prophet have it? If you only know how much I love coffee and you don't know what it was to give up my cup of coffee and I need two or three in the morning and I had to give up just the only one I had, I gave it to the prophet. That may not mean nothing to you, but to me it meant something. You see, God wants to know what what means something to you. And will you walk in obedience? You see, God is a loving God. God will bless. God will keep his word. He does not go back on his word. But the question is, when we ask him to do something, what are you willing to do in your works to accompany the faith that you're believing God to do this with? And I said, well, Lord, how do I explain that? He said, well, what does... uh, what does the scripture say in, in, in uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 11? It says, now faith. I said, oh, Lord, they've heard that. Give me something good. He said, it don't get no better than that. He said, if you'll tell them the good in it. So oftentimes we read something and we just read it because we've heard it before and we just skim on over it. And we're looking for the gold nugget. And the very gold nugget is in the very first word of the very first verse. It says, now. Now. And I began to look at that, the Lord. And then I heard this preacher was telling another preacher. He said, listen. He said, you know, I'm, 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 I'm feeling the call of God in the ministry. And I'm trying to study the Bible. But I just don't really understand some of it. He says, I want you to quit trying to look at it based upon just the word. He said, I want you to put yourself there. Now, let me explain that. Because this is going to help some of you begin to see miracles happen in your life. I do this and I've applied this, Kelly and I both. If you will begin to bring what you're needing or desiring, because the Bible says in Jeremiah, he says, there's nothing too hard for him, for God. It says in, uh, it says in uh, Psalms, I think it's 37.4, he says, I'll give you the desires of your heart. John said it here, I'll give you anything, Jesus said, if you'll ask. But because we're not receiving so oftentimes, it's because of this. If you, if you take a passage of Scripture, and I'm just going to use, I think it's Matthew chapter 14, where 
the disciples come to meet with Jesus and they say, it's getting late, Rabbi. You need to send the people home. And he says, and let them go get something to eat. Now, if you're reading that and you take your time and you put yourself first as a disciple, you're saying that when I read that, I say, and I said to Jesus, are you following me? Because this is what the disciples said. And I said to Jesus, Lord, send them home. I thought, that's probably what I'd said. And he says, are they any different than you? I said, well, no. Oh, but they're disciples. Whoopie-doo. No disrespect, but they're just men. And Bible says they're kind of rough around the edges. One or two of them probably cuss you out if you just looked at them wrong. They weren't sanctified yet. Hello. But Jesus then says to the disciples, oh, Jesus says to Ron, Ron, you feed them. You see, I'm putting myself in the now. The now. It's not happened 2,000 years ago and I'm reading about something that they did. Jesus said that he is the anointed one. The anointed one lives in me, therefore I'm anointed. You are anointed. If you've received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I'm doing some teaching here, but I want you to grasp a hold of this because you'll see miracles begin to happen when you put yourself, bring that, bring that that you're believing for into the now because now faith is a substance. When Jesus said, Jesus said, Ron, you feed them. Oh, he didn't tell you to feed them. Well, he told the disciples and I'm putting myself in it because I want this thing to become a reality. And all of a sudden, Jesus says to Ron, Ron, you feed him. I'm thinking, hmm, I haven't got anything to feed him. Well, but there is a kid over here that's got a happy meal. I'm bringing it in my day. He's got a happy meal. My day is McDonald's. Come on. I'm bringing this into my world right now. Well, Jesus, he's... he's this kid's got a happy meal. And he said if he could keep the toy, we could have the food. And then it says, Jesus said, they gave it to Jesus. Well, what did I do? I gave this happy meal. <laughs> Folks, this is the way it works with me. And it has worked. This is why God showed me this would work. I gave Jesus that. Feel your Jesus today. I gave Jesus the Happy Meal. But now, I can't be a disciple anymore because Jesus is in me. I've got to be just like Jesus. Jesus said, greater things shall you do because I go to the Father. And the things you see me do, you do them. Amen. You mean I'll do these things? Oh, yeah. So now, I've handed it to Jesus. But in, while I'm reading this scripture, I've become Jesus. I am the rabbi now. I can do that. You know why? Because Jesus says, I'm in you and you're in me and I'm in the Father. He said, let this mind of Christ be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Whose mind? God's mind. I have the mind of God now. He said, you're little gods. Isn't that what the scripture says? You're little gods. So now I look at that and I say, sorry, you're not Jesus anymore. Oh, wow. 
Wow. Wasn't that cool? That's reality. Phil, I wasn't ready for that one. Well, I'm Jesus now. I'm Jesus. Here's my disciple. Here, Peter. You feed him. You, what did I do? I gave the anointing. I gave my anointing. I gave my more than enough. I gave it to Peter. Peter grabbed a hold of what I gave him. My anointing. My more than enough. He used it. He started multiplying. The disciples, they started giving it out. And they fed 5,000 people. You've got to bring your need. You've got to bring your desires. You've got to st- bring your troubles. And you've got to bring them into the now. Because God is a now God. He's not a yesterday God. Yes, he's a yesterday from being the same. What he did 2,000 years ago. Walk in the Sea of Galilee. Now I want to I bring it in just a little bit closer. If I go back to the where I'm seeing Jesus... So oftentimes we've watched so much TV and so many movies. We see the disciples when we read that scripture and the disciples came to Jesus. Well, they got their robes on and their sandals. No, you know what? The way I picture that. Those boys are in some Bermuda shorts and they got flip-flops on. They're coming over to Jesus. Probably got some shades on. I wish I had my shades. And you know how I picture Jesus? Well, Jesus was a rabbi. They always dressed a little better. But I think he had on probably khaki pants. Stand up, Phil. This is the way he's dressed. This is Jesus now. He's looking, he's looking cool. He's just real happy. He's laid back. He ain't trying to impress nobody. He don't have to. He's Phil. He don't have to. He's Jesus. Are you seeing what I'm saying? But my mindset is I'm not 2,000 years ago. I have brought Jesus into the now. I didn't belittle him. I didn't make him any less. But I brought him into my world. My world today. That's what he looked like in my mind's eye. And the disciples were dressed in just regular old cut off shorts hanging out with Jesus. Because that's the way they would be if they was on the beach today. And I picture Jesus with a, a ball cap on that said Auburn. I mean Alabama. I mean. <laughs> with some shades on. Might have had, it probably said kingdom of God ministries on it. I don't know. Do you see the point I'm trying to make? You're bringing Jesus into your world. He's not hanging on a cross. He is not in a tomb. Glory to God. He's alive and he's in you. And let me ask you something. Who are you? What do you look like? Does he any different? He's not. He sees me just like he sees Sister Linda, except he he sees her as a female and I'm a male. That's all the difference is. There's, and even then, there's neither male nor female in Christ Jesus. He doesn't look at the color of our skin. He doesn't look at our gender. It doesn't matter whether we're, we're... It doesn't matter to Him. But we bring Him into our life the way we see Him. He is not somebody in a robe with tassels 
2,000 years ago that I'm reading about hoping he'll do for me what he said he would do 2,000 years ago. I have brought him into my world. He's a now God. He's a now alive. And whatever he said my anything is, I bring that anything into my now. Whoo! Good praise God. I hope you got it today. I said, well, Pastor, you've been seeing miracles happen. Yes, I have, because I've been bringing him, him, into my now. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. (laughs) My word. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Let me ask you. If I was to ask each one of you to stand, I'm not, but if I was to ask you to stand to your feet, I said, what are you believing for? Have you brought it into right now? Whatever the mind of man can conceive, it can achieve if it will believe. But you've got to conceive it. You've got to bring it into right now. And when you do that, you can achieve it because now your believer is able to believe for it. Because you brought it into the now. It's not a future thing. Well, I'll, I'll just praise God when it comes. No, I walk around. Listen. <laughs> oh, if you could. Be- oh, I have dreams and visions. My people perish for lack of a vision. God wants you to begin to dream. When you were a little kid, you thought the sky was the limit. You could ask for anything. Mom and dad get it for you if you just... You know, mom and dad were just super. So I'm asking you today. Go back to thinking like a babe, a young child again. Begin to dream. Grasp a hold of it. Say, God, what do you want me to believe for? You may have everything you already want right now. You may have all your family members saved. You may have the house of your dreams. You may be driving the car of your dreams. You may have a checking account of your dreams. I want to hang out with you. Maybe you don't have any desires. Then have, spend time with God and say, God, give me a desire for something that will bring glory and honor to you. Because Jesus said, if you'll ask him, he would do it so it would bring glory and honor to God. And I'll close with this scripture. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Don't you want to please him? You say, Ron, all those miracles happen to you? Oh, we got miracles happening all the time. You're looking at a miracle. God did not use the alarm clock to wake me up this morning. He touched me with his finger and said, I'm going to let you see another day. And the same thing happened to every one of you. He touched you with his finger and said, I want you to see another day. Feel I'm a miracle. This is a miracle today. Each one of us are miracles. I don't know what you're believing for, but I want you to get your hopes up. I want a corporate belief that God's going to fill these pews or these seats. People are going to come in and know Jesus Christ as their personal Savior. People are going to come in and they're going to get healed. It's not going to be, well, I hope, honey, (laughs) I quit doing that. I just believe. I just believe I started bringing it into the now. Glory to God.
So if you're watching on social media this morning, you say, I, 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 I didn't even know this didn't even existed. I didn't know this could even happen. You read the scriptures and says that if I was to ask Jesus for it, I would receive it. If I would believe. But you got to get Jesus in your heart. So when you ask him by faith, he comes into your heart. Then you take on his nature. He becomes a now Jesus. So if you're watching on social media, and even if you're in, if you're in our house here today, and you don't know this Jesus, maybe you have repeated the words with me, but you didn't mean it from your heart. And maybe those of you watching on social media, those are in other countries that are watching right now. I want you to pray this prayer. If you want this Jesus in your heart, I want you to have Jesus. I want him to be the Lord of your life. Pray this prayer with me right now. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I repent of my sins. I make you the Lord of my life. Come and live in my heart. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you prayed that prayer, you just got born again. It's just that simple. And now you can begin to walk in faith. I hope and pray this morning that this has been beneficial. I hope when you leave here today, it's not been just something you heard and you say, oh, well, it works for him. I hope that I've been able to get it across to you to where you now understand how to bring whatever it is you're desiring to bring it into the now. Because when you do that, you're going to see these miracles begin to take place in your heart and in your life. Let's close in prayer this morning. For those on social media, I want to close in prayer. Father, I thank you for your word that's gone forth. I know, Lord, you put this in my heart. I felt your anointing. But only you, Holy Spirit, can cause it to go forth and do the job that needs to be done. But I pray today, Father, oh, it's my desire that it's gone forth and it took root into the hearts of the people right here today. That we'll begin to expect more from you, God. That we'll begin to get bigger dreams and begin to believe bigger and want more, not only of just you, but more of the things that you have for us. It's my prayer, Father, that you will accomplish that in each life. Let's listen today under the sound of my voice. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.